listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from the sunny forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Cascade Locks, Oregon, where both the temperature and the air quality index are 85. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Oof, got some got some uh, some wildfire smoke down there, huh? A little bit of smog, yeah. A little bit of smoke. No good. So. But- Two days ago, clear as a bell. And then I, you know, they started spraying. And then the wildfire smoke came back in. But they started spraying the chemtrails, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. They hate that blue sky. <laughs> well, I am excited uh, for so many things, including the upcoming uh, football season for the Seahawks. Where everybody what? is, Ooh. yeah, yeah, Seahawks. So they're gonna be. Uh, there's a mat. There's what is it? There's a, a vaccine or negative COVID test mandate for the Seahawks games, and there's a mask mandate in place for all the screaming, super loud 12th man fans in the uh, the new Lumen Field or whatever, but otherwise known as the Seahawks Stadium, one of the loudest in the country, and it's uh, gonna be a lot of. <laughs> which i think is going to cut down on the decibel levels therefore kind of uh, forfeiting some of their uh home field advantage but man i can't wait to watch them seahawks get out on the f- yeah don't care yeah don't care mandate yeah. the backs for all the players making it political trotting out the black lives matter they backed off in the black lives matter but we still have the black national anthem before the game I'm sure there'll be some sort of supporting of troops and uh, rah, 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 go war machine. And <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, uh, racial virtue signaling communist propaganda with occasional uh, war propaganda thrown in. So, yeah, for the for the true red-blooded Americans. Get, yeah. get the, gotta get some war propaganda in there. Yeah, don't, so. worry, don't worry, guys, we still like war. War's still good. Okay, so by my count, we have uh, the new Seattle Kraken, the most overhyped team ever in the history of teams, at least here in the Seattle area, for sure. This Mm. thing is sold out. You can't get season tickets. You can't get any kind of tickets. Box seats are, you know, all sold out for years in advance. Everybody wants to be a part of this. It's the NHL coming to Seattle. People are excited. They're redoing the entire interior of the King Key Arena. Historic Key Arena from the outside will look the same as before, but inside it's a totally remodeled ordeal. Blocks away from Amazon. Ordeal. You can walk walk to it. What'd you say? You said ordeal, which was unintentionally funny. It well, it's true though. It is an ordeal because they're. I mean, it's 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 blocks away from one of the worst traffic areas in the city of Seattle, bar none by far. And they're going to put thousands of people in there. But guess what? You can ride the 
age old monorail from the other part of downtown in there, which nobody rides except for occasional like, hey, let's go ride a monorail. Isn't this hilarious? They thought this was the future. <laughs> <laughs> but now that's actually going to be a viable transport option because you get free monorail tickets when you get a uh, season ticket. But anyway, all that included, all you have to do is. Oh, Show a take- vaccine passport to go to oh. the Seattle Kraken game. Going to need a vaccine passport for the Seattle Kraken game. Uh, Washington Huskies are going to need a vaccine passport to watch a football game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks going to need a vaccine passport or a negative test. They didn't want to alienate their base too much with the outdoor mask wearing and vaccine passports. But I look forward to the sold out stadiums full of people screaming their head off. I don't know. It just loses a little bit of its magic when you put on a face mask. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. So I, you know, at the at this point, I'm still like unintentionally boycotting football. I didn't. I I can't tell you if you know what the Oregon Ducks score was in their first game. I didn't see a single second of it. I know that they played. I know that there were. You know, Twitter reports about them actually checking for vaccine cards or what have you outside the stadium and people getting turned away. Um, I don't know how, how many people that was or how accurate it was or, you know, how full the stadium was after all that. But, uh, yeah, it's man, I, I honestly never thought that, you know, the New World Order would would take football away from me, you know, like that it would be, uh, not just like some great sacrifice to avoid it on my part, but yeah, no, I I feel the same. Um, but you know what? College football is the best football anyway, always has been. So, you know, I don't see quite as much propaganda in, in the college football, but a lot, a lot more ads, yeah, well, I mean, there's there's counter propaganda with the full stadium thing, you know. It's I think that is good, you know, because it always baits people into saying they're all gonna die of COVID, and then when they don't all die of COVID, it's like, well, they're not supposed to be having fun. And you you don't really want to be on that side of the argument. Counter counter propaganda with this full stadium thing. And if, for people who don't know, I guess this was something I sent to you. It was going a bit around a bit on uh, social media, but uh, I guess we'll see how well this this translate to just uh, with just the audio, yeah, just, just audio. But this was last. Let's see, it's Virginia Tech. I think it was the first thursday right it was either thursday yeah, or Friday. first night. like major college football game of the year but. and it was uh virginia tech at in virginia uh let's see if you can get an idea for well i'll just tell you this stadium <laughs> <laughs> oh it's is, packed is packed i don't mean like covid packed like there's a you know seed every other seed or the lower third is full i think I'm i eating. saw i think i saw one mask on one of like the athletic trainers on the sideline she's she, yeah she's the <laughs> sideline uh, down marker she's literally okay. part of the, of the but uh this this is counter propaganda this is a reminder as i actually our our our, our uh twitter Profile tweeted out, as far as COVID restrictions, here's a daily reminder. Only half of the country is playing this game. And uh, hopefully this translates well to audio, but we'll give it a whirl. 
You think the announcer got in trouble from ESPN for that like positive portrayal of it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't he know. Should have but, been, he should have been shocked and horrified. And yeah, but that I mean, it was amazing to see. I was just like, oh, thank you. There's some sort of normalcy happening somewhere in the world. And you know, let's be honest. You and I are a little partial to football. We, we understand. We, we love the. Uh, uh, we love the football, and we know there's a lot of propaganda. We've been covering it, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, nice to see. So this was from 18 hours ago. Fans hoping for shorter lines and better crowd control at the next Virginia Tech game. The atmosphere inside Lane Stadium for Virginia Tech game football is hard to beat, but multiple season ticker, ticket holders who attended the Hokies' first matchup say their experience wasn't what they paid for. Uh, I just want to see a count. What was the total? I don't care about people that are mad about what they have. I want to see. Oh yeah, Virginia Tech, and this was the 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 tip the uh, um the headline everywhere was uh, Virginia Tech fans drive left or wokesters or leftists <laughs> crazy because later in this game they started an F Joe Biden chant, which uh, <laughs> continued. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it just kept going and going and going. Well, no, so, no that was uh, the one I saw was Wisconsin. No, there was there was one later in the Virginia Tech game. Okay, the one yep. I I saw one in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I I would play it. I got one pulled up now, but you know you get the idea. F Joe yeah. Biden. So there was one at uh, Coastal Carolina. There was one at Wisconsin. There was one at the uh, Virginia Tech game. Um, anyway, 60,000 people in attendance of this Virginia Tech game. So, you know, kind of a crazy ordeal where some of the, the country is playing and some of it is not. So mm-hmm. on that note, uh, this just came across the crank. This just came across the transom a few minutes ago before the show started. I threw this story in the folder at the last minute and I just read it moments before I uh, started the show here. But. This is data from yesterday from King County, King County, working on vaccine verification requirements for some non-essential indoor business activities and other venues would go into effect in October. King County is conducting outreach with businesses and community organizations to develop vaccine verification requirements for some non-essential indoor business activities and other venues. The requirements will go into effect at least five weeks after development. 
In the face of the Delta variant-driven surge, high levels of COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations, increasing deaths, and King County Executive Dow Constantine announced today that the public health, Seattle and King County is working to develop a vaccine verification policy for some non-essential indoor business activities and other venues. Several jurisdictions have already adopted some form of vaccine verification policy, including New York City, San Francisco, British Columbia, and by Clalem and Jefferson counties, both in Washington state. Full details will be announced after the county engagement with community organization, labor unions, businesses, and cities to gather feedback. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, and to be clear, this is already, they already went after the medical and educational, right? All the schools yes. and Schools, hospitals, medical places, it's vaccine mandates already there. So they're talking about expanding it in King County. And you might think, you know, well, what are we going to be able to do eventually if this keeps going? Just sit in our house? And you know what? You might not even be able to sit in your house, even if your house is or apartment is in is in Florida. You want to play the, we'll kind of skip down a little bit. Uh, the COVID-1984 on Twitter, just play about the first two minutes or so of that, that video. This is a local newscast, uh, local propaganda newscast from Florida. Four months after Governor Ron DeSantis banned vaccine passports, stopping businesses from requiring you to show you've gotten the COVID shot, the pushback persists. I'm not going to take the vaccine. That's what some residents are saying at the Inverary Village after the landlord posted this sign ordering employees and new tenants to be vaccinated. Current residents need vaccine proof to renew. Some won't. If I'm not vaccinated, the one you live, I live. If you ask me to take it, I'm moving out. That, I don't blame them because I was hesitant at first. But resident Barbara Barrow, who works in the nursing field, changed her mind and is now fully vaccinated. I think it's a way of making sure that, you know, the residents that live here and as a matter of fact, the entire community is, would be safe. It's not just Inverary Village, but a sister rental community across the street. And more than a thousand other rental properties the landlord controls in Broward and Dade counties. They've sent a message to say, you know what, get vaccinated, but it really ain't going to do anything for you. Governor DeSantis is not reversing course on his vaccine passport ban. Remember, Norwegian... Okay, go ahead and stop it there. So... Andrew, I got I got to stop you here. This is this is a non-equivalency. We have King County, the biggest county in the state, saying they're going to require vaccine passports for non-essential businesses. A county with 84% vaccination rate, and then you have two apartment complexes somewhere in Florida. It's not not really the same. <laughs> like it's a weird segue, but I, I just think that this Seattle thing might be a little bit more concerning because what we're looking at is non-essential. Like what is this? What does non-essential mean? non-essential to what to who who makes the decision on this thing this is government overreach at the highest proportion and this is going to continue as far as the apartment complexes and things like that where the private businesses are are you know doing whatever it is they want to do that's kind of the angle right now but when you have governments i think we need to start taking notice of that 
Well, <laughs> you know, I, I I know what you're saying, and the the connection though is that in two supposedly opposite locations, yeah. right? Right. Um, we've got vaccine mandates rolling out from the liberal King County government, and then in Florida, you've got vaccine mandates to renew the lease of your apartment or to get a place to live in this. And everyone interviewed in that report was, was, you know, uh, had dark skin. We'll put it African American, black people. They were all black. It looks like some of them were maybe even Haitian. Yeah. Looked Yeah. Haiti's probably a, a good guess, you know, maybe like first or, or second generation. Sure immigrants to the u.s and in notice also uh the they found a lot of people to say oh i'm not taking it yep three which four. is you know anyone who if he if that guy did come from haiti uh he's familiar with the the vaccine programs um and the but very interesting they don't even in that report they don't even call out who the property with the thousand units, or they said thousand properties. I guess it's a thousand units altogether. Is they, you know, like <laughs> shouldn't we get so him this, on camera and, and yeah, find this, out what the deal is and what? So that what what I'm saying is there is there's an agenda, and if it can be pushed through government, local government. State government, federal government, it will get pushed through there. It will get pushed through big corporations. It will get pushed through through property owners. It will get pushed through whoever is willing to push it. But this is the agenda. This is the you know World Economic Forum stuff. And no, there is no like, I'll just go someplace where there's none of that. Very, very difficult to do. That's what I'm saying. Well, sure. And I would agree 100% with that. But, you know, there's another aspect of this I wanted to kind of touch on. And we didn't actually mention the Cook County lady who was able not able to see her kids. And then the judge said it was because of um, her not being vaccinated. Do you remember this story from a couple of weeks, a week or two ago? Yeah, the judge, judge asked <laughs> if she was vaccinated. She's, you know, said no. And he gave full custody to the father and then reversed course after the pushback a few days later. Right. Which nobody then heard about. Right. That he reversed course. So I wanted to ask you something. And this is something I've been thinking about a while. And please, you know, rebuff me if if I'm if I'm wrong on this. Um, But I think a lot of these stories are made to uh, demoralize. Mm hmm. Yep. I think that the the apartment complex story is a perfect example of, you know, it's in, even in the middle of Florida. We don't talk yep. about who it is. We don't talk about what company it is. If it's even legal, we just say, hey, look at this. This is super scary. And the same thing with the Cook County one, because the Cook County one, you know, you got kids that curls your toe, you know, curls, curls your toes, curls your hairs, whatever, however you want to say it. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I look into this. I go looking for this judge. I can't even find a picture of this guy online. Like I went looking like Cook County, you know, archives, Cook County. And I can't find a picture of this judge. 
I finally linked to, by the way, there is a judge with that exact same name who is black in Cook County. That was not him, obviously. But I did finally find like a blank uh, LinkedIn page that was pretty extensive. It just didn't have a photo of the judge. So I'm thinking maybe that was him. But I I just feel like a lot of. Why do you think he wasn't black? uh, They showed it in. They showed a photo of him and I went looking for the said photo. Oh, okay. They showed a photo of him. So you may have heard it on like No Agenda podcasts or Pro- Propaganda Report or all the other podcasts that actually covered yes. that story. Yep. They didn't show the, the like they showed this still shot photo of this judge. Well, I went looking for him and I couldn't find him. So I thought that was interesting. But I also think that a lot of these stories are being planted to demoralize people because that one right there, what that does is that sends out the message to all the all the parents across the nation. Uh Oh, I better just get this so they won't mm-hmm. take my kids. Yeah. Because for the last several months, the push has not been to get people who are on the fence to just decide to go get vaccinated. The push has actually been to get people to coerce people who mm-hmm. don't want it into taking it. Yeah. And I've experienced this in real time, in real life, three or four different times at my workplace. People saying, I don't want it. I'm not getting it. Don't believe in it. And then getting it, which yeah, is I've, just bizarre. I've seen I've seen um, kind of the grassroots propaganda too with the just you know probably not even a bot just some you know just some loser saying like you know people who are anti-mask anti-vax should have their kids taken away because it's not safe for those kids to be with them you know just try just you see that just just float it out there you know, there's no politicians saying that yet. Um, something came out about Kate Brown being asked uh, by one of the other mayor, one of the mayors in Oregon, like, you know, we need vaccine passports. And she said, oh, I don't know if I could get away with that. <laughs> so it's it's not an issue of is that right? Is that effective? It's what can I get away with and what can't I get away with? So, and that's and that's the uh, the lens but, with which we're supposed to look at all this. Yeah, but the um, along those lines that you're talking about, I see those videos of uh, the police beating those women in France along right. those lines, and some of the um, images of it was a few weeks ago, and there was a protest in Australia, and people, you know wrote into no agenda saying like this is bogus don't go to that protest Mm -hmm. and then that's the one i believe where they were then showing you know handheld camera footage of someone of people running away cops chasing them down and apparently forcibly injecting them oh wow which um Maybe it really happened. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it was all fake. But if you were, if you are the few, but you have unlimited, you know, power and money, um, you you have to convince people that they are like the last person out there that's unvaccinated, and it it's inevitable. You will be defeated. That's all this messaging. And if you if you resist any longer at any point, you could be you know, locked out of your apartment, you could be 
kicked out of your job. You could be, you know, all, all these things could happen to you. And it's, it's a game of chicken. And it's whether they can convince enough people to go along so that they can actually push it all through that they want to, or whether people look around and realize, wait a second, you're, you're not getting it either. Wait, you're vaccinated, but you're not going to, you know, you're not going to allow the government to take my kids away because you believe in freedom. Oh, you know, it, it's a it's a propaganda war. It's an inf- information war, um, and it it goes all the way, you know, to the definition of words. Which you want me to to get into some of my stuff here? Sure, sure. I uh, I guess I'm done with the King County is now mandating it here, and uh, Seattle is probably just going to follow suit like a lot of the other places around uh, the country, and that's just. It's just depressing. It's just sad. It's just I don't understand. I don't understand what. Well, I think this will. You know, so. You saw a long line of cars of people waiting to get tested the other day. Yeah, that Uh, was the strangest thing. Yesterday I was driving and uh, went into Seattle, which I don't normally do, and saw the longest line of cars of people waiting to get tested. They've turned our uh, former um emission sites which by the way if we're full speed ahead on global warming why did they shut those down kind of weird but they turned our former emission sites where basically you know there's a guy in a booth at each little lane and then you pull into the lanes almost like bank tellers you know pull into each lane and you get tested for your uh for your car about the emissions except now you get tested for covid so this line had to be a quarter mile half a mile long People just mm-hmm. lined up down Highway 99 here, one of the main drags in Seattle, to get tested. And it, it just kind of blew my mind because it's like, you know, we're supposedly 84% vaccinated. Not we, but them them in King County and Seattle area mm-hmm. are supposedly 84% vaccinated. So why are these people then getting in line to take all these tests? Well, obviously because it doesn't stop the spread <laughs> and, you know, many other reasons. But I just – I don't even – Call me crazy, Andrew, but I see no benefit in taking a test. That, I mean, that all that yeah. does is perpetuate the numbers. I mean, that it's a weird numbers game that they're playing. You know, we've heard well, and kind of as, tangential as, stories of people, you know, not putting stuff down for VARES, saying that they died of COVID to get the money and the funding they needed. You know, there's so many different scams being run at the same time. It's 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 interesting and it's. Uh, it's overwhelming. I mean, we just I mean, I'm just going to go on a personal level, too. I'm I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. You know, you and I are talking about making some huge life changes. We may end up doing it. We may not. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff happening. But I also just got an email. We're like or not an email is a Twitter message. As we sit down here to uh, to do the show, we're 10 minutes in the show and I get a message from one of our listeners who has listened to this show forever. He lives in Scandinavia, Can- though. And he's scared because they're forcing vaccine passports in Ontario. He has to travel soon. He's scared for his kids. And he feels like both sides, the conspiracy side and the mainstream media side, has terrorized. uh, His mind has been utterly terrorized by both sides of the fence. He's scared to get on a plane full of vaccinated people. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, if, if you're worried about prion disease and 
mad cow for humans, he probably should be worried uh, you know about what? getting on an airplane. But. I'm just going to say this. I am not as worried about the unvax or about the vaccinated as you are. I don't if I would rather get on a plane with the unvaccinated or the vaccinated than to get the vaccine. <laughs> like I'm just not as as and I think you would. Oh yeah, know. oh yeah, as you, opposed to getting the vaccine, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not as scared of the vaccinated, I think, as, as as you are. I don't know about this spread. I don't. I hope it's not real. It's spreading to others. I think it's. I, I don't know. I don't know. It just my gut feeling on that one is still. I'm still. I'm. How about this? Undecided. Still undecided on the. Uh, okay. How contagious are the vaccinated situation? But you know, I already stuck a magnet to my arm and it's stuck, and I've never. I haven't gotten a vaccine since. 20 years ago so you know who knows maybe i'm already contaminated with all the uh the metal toxins so i i don't know i, I don't know that's that's, how, that's my official stance on it right now and that's the beauty of this podcast we're just two dudes who get together over you know coffee or or whatever and try to just hash out what's going on and we neither of us say we're pros and we reserve the right to change our mind headed into the future yeah well the guy who's pushing Adam Gartner, mm-hmm. who's, who's talking about the prion disease thing, uh, basically he's found, or people have reported to him so far, like 30 cases of it happening in vaccinated people and one case in unvaccinated, where they developed this uh, prion disease that, you know, eats your eats your brain and kills you. Um, and the guy who was not vaccinated, the only guy who was not vaccinated, flew um, like almost on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. like throughout the pandemic. So it's not just that he was like took one flight; he was regularly in close proximity with lots of vaccinated people. So okay, you know, it, one flight. Probably fine. It's, you know, like we always talk about, one occurrence of this is is probably not going to hurt you very bad, but it's the cumulative, you know, poison toxin agenda that we we've talked about. So that's, I I've got a few things. We'll we'll kind of circle back to some of this stuff later. So I I wanted to throw this in there. Um, Thomas Massey the uh, congressman from Kentucky, the Ron Paul, Ron Paul Light, I guess you could say. Uh, he says, check out CDC's Gov's evang- evolving definition of vaccination. They've been busy at the Ministry of, tu- of Truth. Uh, vaccination pre 2015 definition: injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. Vaccination. Definition from 2015 to 2021. The act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. Okay, so they got rid of the killed or weakened infectious organism part, right? Now, vaccination. September 2021. The act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. So rather than admit the COVID-19 vaccines aren't actually vaccines, they just changed the definition of vaccination. 
problem solved. That's it. Yeah, yeah, just protection. It doesn't doesn't provide immunity, just protection. So have you and you know, to be honest, I'd never heard of the guy and and looking at his website, you know, we were <laughs> let's just say we come from very different points of view. Uh he's very worried about global warming, etc. So, uh Steve Kirsch, ever heard of him? I have not, other than that you tried to get me in touch with him, or tried to kind of turn me on to him recently. Yeah. So he's the one guy who uh, has put up money saying, like, let's find stuff that actually works against COVID-19 from medications that are, uh, you know, he's he's put funding out there to study hydroxychloroquine and fluoxamine and some other stuff. Okay. So he is... a entrepreneur guy you know not mega like google money rich but rich and so he explains in this video which is um the false narrative takedown series and this is number one okay and it says uh covid vaccines have killed over 200,000 americans and he goes through kind of his own background and you know he he got vaccinated, his family got vaccinated, and then he started getting messages and hearing from people he knew of vaccine harm. He doesn't say if he had any ill effects himself, uh, but it sent him down the rabbit hole on this whole thing. And lo and behold, they're lying to us. He, br- he brought up th- some things about the Pfizer study that um, I did not know. If they're really telling us the truth is the Pfizer six-month study. Now, this is published in MedArchive, and the links to this are in the presentation, which you can download from my website. Uh, and it determined that after six months and tracking both the placebo group and the treatment group, that there was no all-cause mortality benefit. Now, you may find that surprising because everybody in the world is focused on, wow, this lowers vaccine deaths. Well, it does lower, uh, sorry, this lowers COVID deaths. It did. In the Pfizer study, one fewer person died. It saved one life. Out of the 44,000 people in this trial, one life was saved. That's, That's great. Unfortunately, seven lives were lost in saving that because it turned out that if you looked at at all of the data here, and I won't go into it, you you know, feel free to um, uh, uh, go into the detailed analysis here at the bottom of that link. But at the end of the day, what happened is that 20 people died if if on the vaccine, and there were only 14 deaths uh, if you didn't take the vaccine. So even though there was one savings of life, Uh, in this uh, study, which is six months, this is Pfizer's own study, it's a net loss of six lives. So the trade-off is you killed seven people to save one person. Not a super great uh, sales pitch, but the nice thing is that nobody, nobody knows that. So we keep thinking that these vaccines are safe and effective. Just remember safe and effective, safe and effective, (laughs) and you'll be fine. Don't look at the data at all. They don't, you know, the data is actually 
the man behind the curtain. You don't want to look at the data. Trust the CDC is what the message that they want to get through to you is. And do not look at the studies and especially don't look at the fine print because they didn't put this um, this uh, text here. That wasn't highlighted at all. Um, and is pretty significant. It says that nobody after they unblinded, nobody died in the placebo group. They all died if they they took the vaccine. So anyway, um, do you want to stop of, it there? So I, I don't know. Did had you heard that previously? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. yeah. A little tougher sell, you know, even tougher than saying like, well, you know, 15 to 14, like, uh, well, you know, at least it's not killing people. Oh, wait, <laughs> these people from the vaccine group all died. They just died after the arbitrary cutoff time when we decided to stop looking for it. So this is, you know, kind of relevant. And he goes through how he gets to 200,000. He, he says 200,000 is a very conservative estimate of the vaccine deaths. He thinks it's actually quite a bit higher than that. So, but he's, you know, put up a million dollars if you can debate him and prove his, prove that it's actually not 200,000. So, well, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I shared a conversation I had with you with a friend who said that suddenly he knows four or five people that have died from the vaccine recently. Yeah. And I think that is kind of bizarre, you know, just to kind of stop and really think like people knowing people that have died from the vaccine, but not knowing anyone that died from COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in- intuitively we knew this or well, not intuitively, but just our experience. If you, could somehow remove the media propaganda from everyone right now and just ask them your personal experience. What do you think is riskier COVID or the vaccines? Almost everyone would say, well, I know these, you know, these few people that got COVID, but they're fine. And, you know, this one person I know died of the vaccine or had a, severe reaction you know i know someone uh, me personally know someone that is disabled and probably will die from the vaccine a, a doctor who you know all in of course it's a vaccine it's called the vaccine it must be good and you know she's she's probably not going to make it but um speaking of deceptive studies Naomi Wolf goes over the the only pregnancy study that justified the FDA saying, "Oh yeah, go ahead, pregnant women. We haven't, we don't really know whether it hurts or not, but it, you know, like it probably doesn't. Just like tell us if it does, and um, let's hear about the the actual science behind that." And the, and the CDC, first of all, it's their own study. Second of all, they lifted out, it's overwhelmingly white women. It's healthcare professionals, right, who work for the bosses, who work for the people who are producing the vaccine, right? It's not a random sample. It's not communities of color. It's it's people who get healthcare, who get good nutrition. It, it rules out all kinds of risk factors, you know, that a, a real random sample would have. And then they left out cohorts 
that are the first six weeks of pregnancy when you're most likely to have a miscarriage. And then they concluded that um, it's safe and effective because the rest of the, the time that they checked, um, there wasn't an unusual amount of miscarriage. They didn't check for any other outcome except miscarriage and small birth weight. So they didn't check for preeclampsia. They didn't check for gestational diabetes. They didn't check for, you know, are, are the kids born with abnormal limbs? Are they born with normal reflexes, normal cognitive development? There's, there's no checking for that. And on the basis of this impaired self-selected phone check-in, it's an app, right, called vSafe that people are voluntarily saying, yes, I'm fine, or no, I had a miscarriage, right? How likely are you to do that to a random platform that's checking in on you, you know, because of this self-reporting by a bunch of, you know, women who are not representative of, of women and babies economically or racially or ethnically or in terms of their, you know, disabilities or their age, um, not checking for the whole range of things that go wrong in pregnancy, horribly wrong. Uh, on the basis of that, they are announcing that it's safe and effective for pregnant women. And this study took three months, right? Pregnancies are nine months. So they haven't even followed pregnancies all the way to the end and check that the babies are okay at three months, at six months, the way normal medicine works with obstetrics and gynecology. So that is my, you know, heartfelt outrage about this pretense that this is science and public health when it comes to women and babies. It is a farce. Oh, Naomi Wolf. She's well, so adorable. She's so adorable. Remember, remember when she was awake <laughs> and she was like, hey, stuff is bad. And then Obama became the president. She was like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Sometime in the last, like, I don't know, what, one year? She's like, oh, everything is not fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was. She's an interesting case. I mean, what what world are we living in where that interview was on Steve Bannon's war room? <laughs> you know, like it, I don't know, man. We've we've got we've got people who we who I would have said, oh, they're you know they're on our side, you know, thick or thin, and they're long gone. And you got you got people like both of those, Steve Bannon and Naomi Wolf. I did not think I would be playing a a positive Naomi Wolf clip. We'll put it that way. Or anything from Steve Bannon's show, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's and it, you know. But he's all. We we kind of both thought that his main thing is basically China war propaganda. Like, let's go start a war with China. And but he's been anti this vaccine pretty much. I think day oh, one. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't think. No, no, no. I didn't think that he was just trying to... That might have been what you thought, but that's not what I thought. I thought that he was not necessarily, let's go to war with China, but let's let's document how much and how messed up... Well, maybe that maybe that is kind of what you're saying, but just how in bed we are with China. There are different politicians with backroom deals and all this stuff that's going on. And that's why he got censored. That's why he got taken off the air. Um, you know, kicked, people... Kicked it, out of the Trump administration. Out, even, even kicked out of the Trump administration, which is a, a tough one, you know. How do you feel yeah, about Trump? Got, every every day that goes on, I feel less less enthusiastic about the old Trumpster. I, yeah, I haven't listened to 
anything from Trump in, in months. No, no, no. I just mean, I, neither have I, but I just mean ret- retrospectively. Yeah, I mean, the, the vaccine, honestly, the vaccine's an absolute deal killer. You know, yeah. and even like if you can try to imagine a way and, uh, you know, 4D chess explains some of those hires like John Bolton, Pompeo, others, which you can't. But let's just say you can. The warp speed vaccine thing, because this is an issue that Trump knew about beforehand. You know, we we play we talked about the uh, the his meeting with Kennedy and oh yeah uh, that's right he was always yeah and he was he was tweeting out there's some there's some tweets from man 13 14 yeah. tw- 2013 2014 2015 talking about they take their vaccines when they're 18 months and they're never the same yeah yeah, yeah. so he he knew and he pushed this anyway and you know whatever conspiracy theory you want to come up with whether it's epstein blackmail whether it's uh you know the real trump has never came out of that hospital and it's been an actor ever since uh you know him and what whatever explanation i'm i'm open to any of it but uh not trustworthy sure so. no yeah and I, agree. I mean I'm, honestly that we should have known the second he got into office, the hires he was making and the fact that he didn't say like, oh, we're building the wall. This is how I got elected. Like we are building the wall. I will not sign any legislation until that is 100 percent covered. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you were you were kind of on that tip early and were in kind of drug me along with the, a lot of Ann Coulter stuff, which. I know that you found it kind of uh, disturbing that you agreed with her, but uh, she, <laughs> she did have a lot of example. <laughs> yeah, she, she did have a lot of good points. You know, someone should tell the president that he's the president. This this is the the clear, you know, the clearing off of the fence, the empty fence uh, from from our friend Will's video um, that had. Arthur Pulaski's sermon in it, or not even sermon, his interview with Sherry Tenpenny, uh, talking about, you know, the vision that he had of of God saying, I I will clear the fence. You will have to choose one side or the other. And I think we are absolutely getting more and more clarity by the day. So that's, you know, I've, I've always said 9-11 was one of those issues uh, this vaccine is definitely one of those issues. Like if well, I mean, clarify what you said. I got a, I got a, I got a guy sending me a heartfelt message on Twitter. You know, kind of fig- debating what he's going to do yeah. and asking for help. I mean, you're saying, you're saying that if he doesn't, he's on the side. If he does do it, he's on the side of darkness. I mean, what, what do you mean? No, I'm saying anyone telling him go ahead and take the vaccine, it'll be fine, is on the side of darkness. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's like. It, and honestly, it does. It makes it easy when you you just decide, okay, I I'm not taking the vaccine. My kids are not getting the vaccine. That's not happening. Now let's figure out how to, you know, how to live life, how to keep eating, keep living, and go from there. But that's your starting point. Like mm-hmm. a, a, you know. And you, you have to draw the lines elsewhere, too. Some people are, you know, I will not put on a mask again. Um, 
but you got to at least stop before the vaccine. And if, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that if you already took the vaccine, it's over for you. Cause if you're still listening to this, then obviously, you know, you're still alive and there's still where there's life, there's hope. But knowingly saying, you know, if you listen to this show and you know what we've talked about, there's no way you can say, oh, yeah, I'll just get it. It'll be fine. Well, I, I can I can tell you this. Uh, no, and the, the person who sent me a message clearly isn't saying that. Right, right. I can tell you this. I have watched in real time four four people that I'm fairly close to see on a fairly regular basis who didn't want to get the vaccine get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. At least at least one of those people is more paranoid and more um, susceptible to the propaganda than he was previous to it. Mm-hmm. He does not seem any more relaxed because that's the, you know, I feel it too. I'm not a superhero. I'll let everybody out there know. I feel it too. I feel the constant social pressure. I feel the constant, you know, the stuff in my brain, you know, that's like all this, what is it, the cognitive dissonance between all the things that are said and there's maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I should just give in. My life would be easier. I feel that like they're, they're doing a great job of getting that out there. Cause I feel it. I do. I know. I notice it like it's there, but it, that it, there's no answer there. Right. Like, like the idea is, I'll oh, just go along with it, and then you're you're part of the in crowd, and then it's all over. But it's not all over, okay? Those people are wearing masks again, okay? Mm-hmm. Those people are doing, they're getting this, you know. You still have to be wearing a mask outdoors at a Seahawks stadium. The mask stuff was a, you know, propaganda as you stated for two three months ago. You get get the vaccine or wear a mask. Oh, you got to get it or you, you can't. Wear, <laughs> now you got to wear the mask anyway. Now you still got to wear the mask and you still got to have a negative test and you still got to do this and you still got to do that. And if you're planning to go overseas, you know, those laws could change as soon as the case rate goes up or those 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 flights could get, you know, change as soon as the case rates goes up. So it, there is no um, peace by taking the vaccine. There is no peace no. because this this continues. We cannot comply, whether vaccine or otherwise, ourselves into into the uh, into the end of this. They will end this when they want or when we stop it. That's it. Yep. And it, and by stopping, I mean just going about a normal life, not getting violent or doing anything like that. But they end this when we stop it or when they stop. Yep. It, it doesn't stop a minute before that. There is no peace, even if you get it. And now, I mean, just it, you have all the proof in front of you you need. Because those are people who got two. Now you got to get three. <laughs> Now you got to get three. And, so and it doesn't what, work. what happens when the vaccine the, state mandate includes three shots? I mean, you still you still hear people repeating the old propaganda points that this is how we end the pandemic. But if you listen carefully, those in charge are no longer talking about ending the pandemic. They're talking about changing the course of the pandemic. Mm. Right. So this is how we. No, no, no longer return to normal. This is how we start to regain our our freedoms. <laughs> it's like, okay, you have to get something injected into you, uh, and that's how you get freedom. No, 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 no. This is this is tyranny. If we go along with this, there's no like, oh, well, we'll draw a red line later on. No, this, if they get if they get the vaccine passports in 
everything else can flow off of that. Yeah. Let's do things that are helpful, too. I'll put a, a link to the in the show notes for people that want to go and get a religious exemption form, uh, a letter. This is a template letter. I helped somebody at my workplace put it together. Andrew found another one. We'll put that in the show notes. Anybody else who has one or if Andrew knows of any others, let's put, let's get those to me. We'll put them in the show notes so that way people have a way to uh, to move forward with things, you know. And yeah, things- and it- you know, and to be honest, I, I think the waivers are, well, you know, people do your, every everybody's situation, you have to make that decision yourself. Um, I'm at the point where no more, you know, I'm done with waivers. Like it's, there's no, there's no waiver. It's either, you know, you will not have a mandate or I will not participate in anything that you do, whether that's a business, whether that's, you know, working for someone, um, working for someone, going to school somewhere, having my kid go to school somewhere. If you mandate this, even if you provide exemptions, that's it. I'm, I'm, you know, not watching your football games, even though they haven't totally mandated it, but they're certainly pushing that direction. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. So if people wanted to do the religion, the religious waiver is the most effective from everything I've heard. And I've also heard simple, straightforward, uh, don't write the 17 pages. Okay. Right. Like I have a sincere religious belief. Here's the reason I will not take this vaccine. And I would state it in the, the standpoint of like, there shouldn't be a mandate. I will not take the vaccine under any circumstances. Here's why I should be given an exemption. And then, you know, let them know it's either exemption or <laughs> it's not exemption or compliance. It's exemption or, you know, do what you're going to do. Kick me out or, or fire me or what have you. So it's, because I, I think what the the game currently is, is, okay, how many people um, do we have to give waivers to to keep the system functioning enough to get to get us a couple more months? Yeah, how many and people then, do we have to give waivers to, to? Or how many people do, you know, can we f- completely force out of the workplace? Yeah. So, but they don't want that hard and fast line in the sand this is it comply or not they want uh, you know an an upcoming deadline always and they'll i think they'll give out a few of these religious waivers to ease the to ease the tension to lessen the resistance and then oh sorry your waiver's no good anymore oh sorry this new variant it's really this new variant is really dangerous we can't allow we can't allow those waivers anymore, you know. Sorry, it's just to keep us safe. But don't worry, the the new vaccine's even safer and even more effective. So it's the the waiver is no uh, no long term solution. I'll put it that way. But for now, it's all some people can do. For instance, the the student I helped who's going to be on online school only. And they're forced to get a vaccine. Yeah. 
yeah. and then they need to get a waiver. So I think it'll work for them. We'll still put those letters in the show notes. So that we can <laughs> Online help school. What's that? Online yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Catch it through the keyboard, man. You never know. You mm-hmm. never, never know. Delta, scary stuff. Scary, <laughs> scary stuff. Delta. You want to play uh, well, something I don't know. good? Every, Is there I, any good? Skip okay, to anything yeah. good. Okay, I'm, I'm, in we're, a, we're, I'm starting we're off in a rough the, mood here. <laughs> we're skipping the Victorian premier Daniel Andrews talking about how you know this will only end with everyone vaccinated. Yada yada yada. You will we'll just lock you out of society with the vaccine passport. So let's go to the other, the positive Australia clip. This is a Qantas pilot. Qantas is, um, you know, was one, I believe, the first airline to say, like, oh, yes, you will have to be vaccinated to ride on our airplanes. I remember that. Great, great business model. So this is a a pilot talking. um, And in this clip, starting at 1541, so the whole whole thing's worth watching if you've got, got the time. It's about half an hour. Um, he, he tells his story, tells why he's not going along with it. And um, this particular uh, clip is different than the one floating around on Twitter. So I figured we'd play this one. 1541. Scott Morrison. What a disappointment. You said in a press conference the other day, you were asked questions about vaccines. And you said, we are a free country. We don't mandate vaccines. That's not who we are. We believe everybody should make responsible decisions based on their informed consent. Are you serious? You know why you haven't mandated vaccines? You do know because it's unconstitutional. It is against the constitution that you've been elected and sworn to protect. That's why. You haven't got the guts to change the constitution, so you're powering it up with the CEOs of organisations all around the companies to get them to do your dirty work for you. And you call yourself a Christian. Go back to your Bible, Mr Morrison. Read the book of Revelation. It might give you a hint on where we're heading with all this. State premiers, McGowan. All right. Good on you, Vice. I thought that was good. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I I actually said something to that effect last week. And just as the show started, I got another I got an email into the Revelations Radio News inbox asking about Revelation. Because I said something about I've read the book of Revelation. I wanted to clarify something on that. I don't think we're there. You know, there is there's no Antichrist. Mm. There's no this. There's no that. But uh, we are trending. Revelation trending. <laughs> we're, we're trending in that direction. I mean, it could go either way at this point. You know, it could be soon, could be later. You never know. But uh, we're, we're trending in that direction. It's like a. Well, I've been it, saying this since the beginning. I've, I've thought of this as a, some sort of a strange beta test. But. Uh, well, people know. should check out Chris White's stuff. I mean, this this has been his thing for, I don't know, 10 plus years. Yep. And. Basically, he he based it on the Bible, but also just like how would you really get people to believe in the Antichrist? And one way, you know, everyone knows that the Antichrist comes before Christ returns. So maybe a fake Antichrist. So maybe a, you know, fake in the sense of 
not the real Antichrist before the actual Antichrist. So, and that's, you know, keep, keep an eye out for that. People have very, the Bible is actually very clear, like, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. And somehow it gets turned into like, oh, there's kind of these vague things about wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes. And so we can point to anything and say, look, end times, Gog, Magog, that's probably Russia. So anything with Russia, you know, he, he does a great job laying it out. And people really do need to dig through all that stuff and know, you know, what the Bible actually says, what it doesn't so that they won't be deceived because you know if you can <laughs> if you can get convinced to take a take this vaccine when there's so much obvious stuff that it's bad you can get be convinced that um you know the great person who fixes the world government you know who conquers the world government is uh, uh yeah it doesn't really fit everything the bible says but it's it seems kind of like it so that must be it. That must be Jesus. You know, that's the Antichrist is the pseudo Christ, the fake Christ. So the people will believe that's Christ as opposed to, you know, to people tend to think of the Antichrist as like someone super bad, but no, it's like it's the fake savior. So, so beware the, the fake, fake savior. Yeah, good point. I think I think that's should throw throw some uh, Chris White clips in there. His last last few episodes they haven't been super frequent, but have been really good. So the whole the whole recent series that he did was good. So I would agree. I would agree. Um, let me cover a story real quick. Um, I think this is extremely. Uh, important. Uh, I actually <laughs> sent this to a certain podcaster of the No Agenda show, and I'm sure he's going to talk about it or at least, you know, send it around. But uh, I, I thought this was an interesting story. This is from a website uh, I, I frequent pretty much on the daily, hypnomark.com. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hypnomark.com. But uh, kind of interesting. This was written in April 8th of 2020. So April 8th of 2020, this is just the beginning. And uh, he wrote he wrote this. We are witnessing the greatest mass hypnosis of all time. Yes, you read that right. We are witnessing the greatest mass hypnosis of all time. Three weeks ago, I released a video on my vlog channel, Hypnosis Hangout, where I talked about the end of the world as we knew it. That message was specifically directed at hip hypnotists as a wake-up call to start making changes to the way that they do both stage and clinical hypnosis. What I missed at the time of that video were the signs of an event that even the best hypnotists in the world didn't even see and are still missing. In hypnosis, we use the state. Uh, in hypnosis, we know that the state of trance hypnosis is achieved in only one of two ways: either overload the central nervous system or fatigue the central nervous system. The current COVID-19 crisis has been has created both of these conditions. And as a result, it has caused the most suggestible state that a person can ever be in. Whether by design or accident, the result is the same. It is the transformation by the formation of this trance that our futures are being shaped and we don't see it 
or our trance so that we don't care. Please understand that I know, or excuse me, please understand that I am not talking about conspiracy, although there will be many others who do. I am simply observing a phenomenon that I see every day in my work as a clinical hypnotist to help people begin, help people change behaviors or my work on uh, stage entertaining people by having them engage in a host of zany and fun skits. They hear what I'm saying. They understand what they are doing, the things that I ask them to willingly do. In both situations, I am using my skills to bypass what is known as the critical faculty on the conscious or rational mind and move right into the subconscious mind. It is the subconscious mind that truly controls all of our behaviors. And since this is now open to the continued suggestions by the uh, constant messaging, people are being forever changed. Let me pull back the curtain a bit on how this process works and show what has happened and what is continuing to happen in this current emergency and is going to continue to happen. Many of you have witnessed what hypnotists call an instant or shock induction. These are the dramatic inductions that many stage and street hypnotists use to induce a trance state in their volunteers. It literally takes a few seconds for this to happen. What the hypnotist typically does is caused a firing of that portion of the brain known as the amygdala. We literally hijack the amygdala, which is responsible for the fight, flight, or freeze mechanisms of our body. It is this split second of time that the subconscious mind is looking for a program that will provide the appropriate response. Nancy Moyer, medical doctor, describes it as when stress makes you feel strong anger, aggression, or fear, the fight or flight response is activated. It happens when a situation causes your amygdala to hijack control of your response to stress. The amygdala disables the frontal lobes and activates the fight or flight response. It is the most basic of instinctual responses that is responsible for our survival as a species. It is caused by the release of cortisol, a powerful human stress hormone. There are several extremely critical parts of this phenomenon of amygdala hijack that are the essence of what I'm seeing and what and that which concerns me. As stated above, the amygdala disables the frontal lobe of our brain, and the frontal lobe is the part of the brain that controls important cognitive skills in humans, such as emotional expression, problem-solving, memory, language, judgment, and sexual behaviors. It is, in essence, the control panel of your personality and your ability to communicate. We lose our ability to make rational judgments, our stress increases, and dramatic physical changes take place in our bodies. More importantly, we become and remain highly suggestible in this highly aroused state. Our subconscious minds are seeking to find a program that will free us from this threat, and we take a cue from our perceived leaders. Language matters, and the language of this coronavirus epidemic is truly concerning. It is concerning not just because of the fear and uncertainty that is stoking, but the amazing subtleties of language that are being introduced and and nuanced in the process. We have heard the experts in the media speak of concepts of herd immunity and social distancing. The unspoken message is striking here. The masses are no more than a herd that can be shepherded into controlled behaviors. We have willingly and without question given up fundamental rights and liberties. We are told that we need to do this for the protection of the community until we develop herd immunity. And since our frontal lobe has been shut down by the stress and trance state we are in, people are generally unable to access their problem-solving abilities. And people take the solutions they are given by the experts because they are paralyzed by the uncertainty. They are in every sense frozen. The rapid spread of this pandemic was the shock induction into this hypnotic state, the continued uncertainty, the loss of lives, jobs, forced isolation, fear created by the infection numbers and death count is creating a type of fractionalization or fractionation. What hypnotists commonly refer to as a deepening of the hypnotic state through continual 
awakening and reintroduction of trance of trance. We are being fatigued by the numbers, uh, excuse me, fatigued by the numbness of isolation, the restriction of the very activities that would counteract the harmful physical effects of constant stress and reduce the cortisol loads in our body. People can no longer access walking, running parks uh, because state, county and local uh, municipals have closed them. These are the very activities that physicians know reduce stress, increase immune responses, and most importantly, improve overall ability to physically, emotionally, and spiritually deal with this pandemic. Our children are isolated, afraid, and stressed. They will carry the scars of, of this experience for the rest of their lives. Their very sense of safety and security has been shaken. It is now more important than ever that we reduce the stress and fear. Medical experts speak to us about the increased risk factors that place those infected with COVID-19 at greatest jeopardy. Those factors include high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. These are the very things that result from high cortisol levels. High cortisol is also responsible for increased anxiety, increased irritability, rapid weight gain, and muscle weakness. These are all the conditions that can be counteracted by increased activity and responsible use of our open spaces. As a clinical hypnotist, my job is to help people find a path to improve their lives and resolve traumas that may have crippled them. I will continue to help them deal with pain, both physical and emotional, and I continue to help them find the resource states that will empower them to be even better version of themselves. And while this truly may be the end of the world as we know it, I sit here today fully confident that I will continue to help people get better. I know without any doubt I will continue to help people love and laugh again and to deal with the challenges of this pandemic. Every hypnotist knows these words are true. What the mind conceives, the body achieves. I believe we have a unique opportunity to even better version of ourselves, and I believe that we will awaken this imposed state of hypnosis, that we will do so with a new vision, new resolve, and understanding how amazing that could be. One, two, three, wide awake. Ah, that last bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit much for me. Yeah, I, I don't really recommend going to the hypnotist, but yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> no, but that that was important, and it shows, you know. I, the the viewpoint that we're very easy to disease, deceive and control and yes. kind of the first step of not being easy to deceive and control is to recognize that you can be deceived and controlled and you know whether it's the hypnotism narrative which i you know i do i totally buy that not really but um but it you know, it's an interesting way of looking at it. It does seem to be um, a lot of mental control as opposed to just this is a medical stuff. Is just It's just chemical reactions happening, and that's what's causing the whole problem. Well, the, the part that really yeah. stuck out to me are we are told that we need to do this for protection of the community until we develop herd immunity. And since our frontal lobe judgment has been shut down by the stress and trance state we are in, people are generally unable to access their problem-solving abilities. People take the solutions they are given by the expert because they are paralyzed by the uncertainty. They are in every sense frozen. Now, Andrew... I know you to be a very critical thinker, to be a very uh, strong-minded individual. Can you imagine if you were not critical thinker, not strong-minded, not a Christian, and lived alone? Right. Yeah. Those the, those things really we benefit from because being the, a Christian, you know, we believe there is a higher power and that we have, you know, someone to turn to. And to lean on in times of trouble, and that there's a higher meaning to everything we do, 
and those of you know those of us who have families have enjoyed the comfort and uh, you know socialization of people around us all the time. However, I've seen many of the younger people in their early 20s and even 30s who have lived by themselves who are just paralyzed in fear. Mm, even even yeah. couple even couples where they don't have any kids and they're just paralyzed with fear. Um, and some that have kids and are paralyzed with fear. You know, this is. Or imagine being 90 years old and, you know, I mean, ugh, it's just horrible. Yeah. And the, your family, if you were fortunate enough to have family that still wanted to come see you, couldn't, wasn't allowed to. Yeah. This is the isolation. Pointing out the isolation is probably something that we, we don't do enough because we're fortunate enough, you know, to live with spouses and kids and what have you and. But yes, if this had happened during uh, my twenties before I before I got married, it, yeah, it could have been a very different thing. You know, this is, yeah. and I think having some empathy for people who did get totally sucked into it is something I need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, also, I you know I'm thankful for both real life community and and people to talk to but also you know this the virtual podcast community of knowing that hey there are people out there that are thinking differently than the mainstream and that i'm not crazy yeah you know it's because it is it's tough to really am i seeing this and no one else sees it and then you realize oh no it's it half the other people see it too but no one says anything because of the yeah they've perfected the perception this. that you're isolated they perfected this this is hillary's techno expert so just they've just turned it on us yeah. they're not they're not facilitating a green revolution in with violence in egypt and you know killing people at at, at uh at you know checkpoints yeah. they are just constant techno expert you know mass propaganda mass formation mass you know, psychosis, state of, you know, kind of uh, numbness. And they're just hitting people with from every different angle to, 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 to increase the paralysis until you just give in. This is a struggle session, as they had with the, you know, <laughs> yes. coming to... You're, you're struggling coming, with your your own consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Well, the struggles... This, but the struggle and session conscience. in, in Mao... Mao uh, when Mao came to power, the struggle sessions were a different deal. And this was the whole country was put through this situation where the young people were the woke ones and they went around and enforced everybody else, you know, to think or act a certain way. We're having our own struggle session, but it's taking place within each household. Yeah. You know, there's a struggle session of what are we going to buy? What are we going to put up with? What are we going to do? Well, yeah. And the, oh, I wish I, I was going to get a quote from. Alexander Schultzenitsen for today's episode, and I didn't. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this, but this, but next... this, this, you know, if you read that book and you see what's going on today, you realize this is not something that could happen. Which is kind of what I used to think. Oh, it could happen someday. Like, no, we're we are walking the edge of like full on gulags, like right now. Yeah. And it's, you know, as far as Bible prophecy goes, I'm not contradicting what I said previously. Like, all of America could be wiped out, and that 
doesn't mean anything about Bible prophecy. Like we're, we're from what I can tell, we're not really in there. So we probably do get wiped out at some point um, or become irrelevant. And whether that's a year from now or a hundred years from now, who knows? But yeah, we're we're probably not not here, and certainly not here as the American Empire unipower of the world um, when all that stuff happens at the end. Tune in next week for happy and uplifting thoughts with Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> well, I do have some happier s- stuff, but I kind of have to get through a little dark stuff to get there. Do you have so you have do you have my folder open? My my folder here. I can I can pull up your screen here. You should pull it up. Oh yeah, pull up my screen. Okay, got it. Let's do that. Um, I don't know if it's going to work the same as it did previously. Is it? Are you able to see my screen? Is it working? I can see your screen. Yeah. yeah. So you can you can see what I'm looking at. Yep. Okay. Uh, I threw this in the folder. I also threw this in uh, out on Twitter, and then I think No Agenda Social. Um, but check this one out. This is, uh, a, uh, a, Oh, wow. Yeah. Check this out. This is directed energy weapon patents. Um, I did not, I did not see this pre-show, Tim. You are blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a (laughs) uh, patent from November, 2013 controls brain state, by engineered EMF patterns into the AC wiring of a building. That's a good patent. Mm-hmm. Uh, another patent, uh, November 2002, makes voices emanate from individuals who do not intend or realize it. The ventriloquist effects also functions for voice recognition. Uh, another patent from 2002, portable handheld device for producing humanly audible sounds and voices. Method of apparatus. Let's see. Read subjects' brainwaves by shining a modulated light signal into the subject's eyes. There's a good one. Controls the brain state by application of, vi- of a variety of wave frequencies and forms. Remotely monitors heart rate and perspiration through the use of directed EMFs. Well, that's interesting in light of, you know, the World Economic Forum having to solve the facial recognition difficulties. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're working on or you know anytime you see working on it's probably they've already figured it out and they're just announcing that they're rolling it out but uh just using your heart signature to identify you yep uh december 2016 joel stevens somebody or other uh came up with a with a patent let's see controls human behavior via via targeting Human brain with ELF, extremely low frequency EMFs. Uh, this one's from Procter and Gamble. Remote monitoring of the physical condition of a living living subject. Hmm. Uh, Re- remote remote being the interesting part of that. Yeah, remotely monitor and upload a presence, movement, or human occupants in a vehicle. So you can remotely monitor that through beaming waves into the vehicle, I guess. But uh, this. Well, I think I think this is what we're dealing with, my friend. Yeah. Tra- transmit sound to auditory cortex of mammals via remotely applied microwave signals. You remember this was a long time ago. This was like probably 2012. One of those G7s. It was like in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or someplace. 
and they had crowds who all got together and said, you know, forget G7. I don't even remember the name. I, th- I feel like it was G something. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, there's G7, G8 protests. You know, yeah, yeah. Before so they kicked protests. Russia out. Yeah. But they pulled they pulled that truck. They pulled this truck out and they aimed it at them. And then everybody kind of ran away. Uh, but this truck had some sort of big, you know, uh, microwave on it mm-hmm. or mic- big, big dish on it. And I think that's 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 one thing here. Uh, yeah. One of the patents is from the U.S. Air Force. Yeah. 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 So uh, this document will be in the show notes. Everybody should definitely take a look at that. But, uh, you know, we have stuff going back as far as 1993. Controlled brain state via modulated audio signals aimed at a target suspect uh, or tar- target subject. So about that, uh, does that mean they could put it into music? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pop music. <laughs> Turns Pop. out that, that that movie from the late 90s was actually true. There was a kind of a hilarious tongue in cheek movie. I can't remember the name of it. Somebody out there is going to remember. Uh, but. The plot is they basically put evil messages in this. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats? Is that the name of it? Oh, I don't think so. No? Is that an actual band? Well, that was a movie, but that's not that type of movie, I don't think. It was. I'm pretty pretty, Uh, pretty sure this is. Yes. I have no idea. I did not see it. Okay. Yep. Josie and the Pussycats. The, 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 The plot. Uh, I'll take your word for it, Tim. Tell tell us what the plot was. No, no, no. The band's first signal released and due to subliminal messaging becomes instantly successful. Valerie begins to resent the attention that is given to her. They survived due to incompetence. Wyatt gives Josie a copy of the latest signal, which contains a subliminal track, message track, designed to brainwash her into her desired solo career. After... Arguing with her bandmates, she realizes the signal caused the fight. Her suspicions are confirmed when she uses a mixing board to make the subliminal track audible. But yeah, this is like Hmm. legit in in Hollywood as a movie. They're putting subliminal things into. This was a while ago. When when was that movie? This movie is from 2001. Oh yeah. Hmm. So. Anyway, uh, the link to this uh, PDF will be in the show notes. But this is, I think, what we're up against, guys. I think well, we're up against a lot of radio waves, a lot of baloney like this. And, you know, last week, you let me, or two weeks ago, you let me ramble and ramble all about, or maybe it was last week, about my new phone and my new technology and graphene OS and everything. And you didn't say a word, didn't pipe up at all about, you got a Faraday bag. You got a little bag. What's, what's going on with your bag? What, how do you use it? When do you, when do you oh, use yeah, it? Oh, yeah, dude. with that? Got it from the the guy who did Frankenskies, the Frankenskies documentary, uh, and um, just a little bag that keeps your phone from frying you. So I like when I go for a hike, uh, because you know if I fall down a cliff and need to call for help, it's nice to have a phone with me. But the I have the phone off and in that bag in my backpack, so there's no. You know, nothing radiating and no tracking. No tracking. So, which I think is a great way. You know, go with graphene OS, and then when not in use, put it. You know, yeah, I I put it in there at night too, usually. So, just shut it off, put it in there. So, sometimes forget to turn it back on till the next afternoon. But good for you. That's the way it should be. 
So um, I got. Well, two, I, I, I want to. I want to stay. I want to stay. I know on, you want to stay on this, but I. I got two or three more just real quick. One. Here's a, a patent from 20, 2013 by Rolls-Royce North America. A power system. Maintain directed energy weapons in a ready state and avoid powering down. I mean, that tells us something, doesn't it? Hmm. Oh, avoid powering down, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that tell us that they've yeah. already got this going on and they've already got this in perhaps a an aircraft? Right? Isn't I mean, it interesting that they found a way to 100% prevent you from just taking the battery out of your phone yeah so, yeah absolutely which is why your uh, faraday bag is a, is a good idea why don't you just yeah. you know block all, everything from it there's still some old school ways to do this stuff my last one from a guy named peter rothschild x-ray inspection device that can sense the presence of humans within a structure i think we've seen that that was actually kind of played out in uh, see i have a lot of uh, pop culture references so i think that's either good or bad for this podcast meaning that you think clearer and I can actually reference the weird pop pop culture movies where it took place, but uh, in Batman, they definitely used that in uh, The Dark Knight. He had that X-ray technology where he could actually see where each person was within a building mm. uh, by sending waves through it, and then he put on these like special glasses that allowed him to do it. Uh, they got to tell you that they have there's some there's some weird deal, you know, there's some weird backroom deal between. You know the powers that be of the world and the, and the powers that be of the of the of the firmament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they have to let everybody they have to let everybody know what's going on. So there's all this weird predictive programming and letting everybody understand, and then they kind of kind of tell you ahead of time, and they just try to hide it in uh, in. Well, yeah, the his hidden in plain view thing, and so then I think for their initiates, like in. Freemasonry or whatever flavor of Gnosticism you you want, that they can say, look, see, we were telling them, look at this movie showing the truth here. You know, I mean, right. Whatever. It, knowing that literally they can say it and no one will take it seriously if it if it people think it's just a movie or people, you know, whatever. It's it's not exactly informed consent. I'll put it that way. No, 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 no. But, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, we both used to look at the Vigilant Citizen. Uh, yes. Yeah. They, they, he did great work over there. But, you know, his whole. Kind He's of still point, around. Yeah, and I know he still does do great work. Um, but we just kind of fell off looking at him. Maybe it was because of the algorithms. Yeah. But uh, I think that his point of most of the stuff he did was like, hey, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing on a daily basis on T-shirts on TV, on music videos, on phones, on video games, are signs and symbols that would scare some, you know, some guy from the 1200s or dark ages out of their wits to see, because mm. they, you know, they were more aware and in touch with what some of these spiritual, you know, images were about and what they meant. And meanwhile, yeah. we're just kind of so desensitized by mass propaganda that we just see all this stuff and don't even, don't even bat an eye to see. You know, one of the more popular hip hop clothing brands, Obey, with the uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's ironic, man. <laughs> oh, that's what's it, that's what's his name, Shepard Shepard Ferry, the Obama red and white guy. Yeah. Anyway, Exodus is a gift shop. Go so ahead. during uh, I I told you about it. I went on a couple long hikes over the over the weekend. Some 
got to get my trail time in here in the northwest in case we decide to flee somewhere else. But um, listen to a couple interviews that Ryan um, Christian of Last American Vagabond did. And uh, he interviewed Andrew Kaufman. No relation. That was funny. You know, I, so this actually came up. Yeah. <laughs> this, no, this actually came up. I think it was on No Agenda Social. Someone was like talking about the, uh, what was it? Someone was talking about uh, prion disease. And he says, man, have you heard the new uh, show with Andrew Kaufman on it? And I said, you mean Andrew Hoffman? Because it was the week where you were talking <laughs> about prion disease. And he said, no, no, I'm familiar with your podcast. This is Andrew Kaufman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not actually the same person. So. Okay. Um, but anyway, I had been wanting to hear more from this guy previously. I'd heard some shorter stuff. And I'd also been looking into terrain theory, like the very beginnings of it, right? I know that the terrain theorists think the germ theorists are wrong and all we know is germ theory because that's all we've ever been taught and thought it was settled and obvious and what have you and like many things when you actually dig into it it turns out they've they've probably been lying to us this whole time so um the andrew kaufman interview what is the true catalyst behind covid19 definitely worth listening to if you haven't um many of our the people who listen to this podcast are way ahead of me on this topic. Um, and one of them, Robin, sent me a book uh, called The Contagion Myth, Why Viruses, Including Coronavirus, Are Not the Cause of Disease. Sounds crazy? Not so crazy. Um, just started reading it, so hope I'll, I should have some good tidbits from it coming up, but uh, already enough into it that I can, I can vouch for it being an interesting read. So, and that was sent to you but, by a listener, right? Yes, uh, Robin. So, thank you, Robin. Oh, did, you already, did you already say that? Yep. It's okay. <laughs> You're busy. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, um, I also, <sighs> I, I, so here, here's the connection. So, if what is the true catalyst in the contagion myth? They talk about kind of the electrical issues, you know, there's work was kind of supposedly stupid superstitions about like, Oh, there was what looks like what we call a comet. And then everybody got sick and what's going on. And, and also the um, history of kind of technological uh, development, like when the telegraphs went in wide scale there was a corresponding mass pandemic at the time, which I I hadn't heard of that correlation before. And so as we've talked about on the show, both separately and in relationship to COVID-19, the, the 5G stuff, it, it's related somehow. I don't know exactly, yep. you know, if you want to say it's. 100% I have a kind of a hard time thinking it's it's 100% of what's going on right. but I believe it it absolutely is a factor and so there is uh if you go to speedtest.net it's a speed testing site but they now have the Ookla 5G map up 
and they have a Twitter account that gives you updates on new 5G developments, possibly in your area. For example, the most recent, uh, on August 30th, looks like they do a weekly update. So it says the 5G map has 120 plus new updates this week. The majority of these are by Plus in Poland and Vodafone in the UK. Check out the full map to see if 5G is available in your city. Scrolling down a little bit, uh, June 21st. So let me find that one. It's another big week for the 5G map with over 10,000 updates added in the U.S. by Verizon Wireless. This update also includes 1,000-plus locations by Yoigo in Spain and several other new locations by various providers around the world. Uh, check out the full map. So, you know, I'm sure someone out there has done done the work for me already, but, like, you know, I I can just look at Africa Okay, <laughs> and there's only a couple countries uh, with any 5G infrastructure, and you know it seems to match up with the ones having the only couple of countries that are having trouble with um, violence. Well, with with COVID, oh, you know. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, you know, I I do think that the ivermectin use probably probably matters and it could counteract you know even if this is a 5g cause thing interacting with let's say glyphosate or other other poisons in your system um that ivermectin might well play a role in blocking that for whatever reason whether it's the parasite thing or the uh glutathione it it has an interaction with the glutamate receptor, so and keeps the spike protein from getting. That's too much science. So actually, a recent Canary Cry episode they talked about that in a little more detail. Uh, don't remember the episode number, but um, th- if you're interested, there's there are people talking about it. Um. So I I don't really I don't even I can't even put you through reading the ridiculous uh, just over the top everybody in Idaho is dying article that I put in the folder there Uh, but what I wanted to point out from that is you've got this article you know just every questionable meme in the book like oh I wish I'd taken the vaccine oh my healthy person sick dying and as soon as they get as if they ever recover from covid i'm taking to get them vaccinated it's like okay it makes perfect sense um typical ridiculous article um but it it was trending on twitter right because twitter's gonna tell us like oh idaho is is terrible it's their turn to all die from covid and it's because they've got the lowest vaccination rate in the country yada yada but if you scroll down through those top stories and just the Idaho hashtag, you see, oh, hiking in Idaho <laughs> at a <laughs> football game in Idaho, you know, like normal, happy stuff. And you you realize, wait a second, all the articles are coming either from, you know, there's some local media, but mainly 
internet media repeating those local media stories from actual posts from actual people you see nothing but like happy times beautiful day in idaho you know i mean so relating back to what you talked about earlier with the stories that are there to scare you and convince you that you're all alone uh that it's all over we're all gonna die yes that is propaganda Absolutely. And don't forget the uh, ivermectin story out of Oklahoma this week where uh, there was there was a story that that, that people in Oklahoma, gunshot victims even, were waiting in line at hospitals because the the hospitals were full of people who had overdosed on horse dewormer, otherwise known as ivermectin. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a photo, kind of a stock photo that was with this that showed a bunch of people in masks wearing coats. (laughs) <laughs> and people from didn't, Oklahoma didn't raise any red flags, so no. yeah. <laughs> people from Oklahoma immediately started uh, replying to this tweet that, "Hey, I don't know where this photo is from, but it's been 90 to 100 degrees for the last month, and doesn't appear to be letting up anytime soon. We don't typically wear coats outdoors or masks outdoors during these temperatures, um, so this photo is wrong." And then some people dug a little deeper, got a hold of this, uh, found this guy. And it turns out he hasn't even worked for the hospital system that supposedly had been uh, uh, overrun with people for a little over two years. And the hospital system had to release a memo saying that not only has he not worked there for two years, but they've yet to treat one ivermectin patient. One ivermectin overdose patient. Overdose of ivermectin. And there was no no one not getting treatment. The, The full completion... Of the irony there is that that line of people that they show in the picture were not people desperately trying to get into an emergency room. Uh, It was people waiting in line for the vaccine back in January. There it is. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit strange to use that photo. Also, they've noted somebody mentioned that uh, I actually saw this recently. Uh, People running into the Kabul airport entrances into the Kabul airport to. to 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 try and get out on onto a plane so they can fly out of Afghanistan and there was a, a media outlet I can't remember which one that showed this video kind of an above kind of overhead shot of people I think it know, was Australia Australian yeah. media yeah busting indoors you know what the photo you know what the video really was from it's from Cowboy Stadium Cowboy Jerry Stadium World. yep Jerry's <laughs> World where they were actually racing to get be the first ones in the door to sit in their seats the first time that that uh, uh, stadium. When they were open. playing the Seahawks there. Yep, yep. Yeah. When they were playing the Seahawks, they wanted to be the first one into their seats in the playoffs. So they wanted to attend the first <laughs> playoff game there. So I wonder how Jerry felt about all that. So yeah, uh, having his billion-dollar stadium mistaken for the Kabul airport. <laughs> last week during the episode, we uh, actually heard the Joe Rogan thing kind of off the cuff, and that became a big news story. Uh, this week, just as I was uh, logging on here to to do the show, uh, guess who's back in the news? Good old Joe Rogan. And, you know, they have done this for a week. Let me go ahead and play this. Yeah, let me play this clip for you. Bro, do I have to sue CNN? I don't know. I know. Do you? They're making shit up. They keep saying I'm taking horse dewormer. I literally got it from a doctor. It's an American company. Mm -hmm. It's a they won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for use in human beings. Yeah. And CNN is saying I'm taking horse dewormer. Yeah. What? So what they must know that that's a lie. There's a lot of people saying it. <laughs> right. But a lot of people can say it. Okay. Like the Internet says it. Who cares? Sure. But, but CNN is saying it. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting the same. I've got the same exact ivermectin that Alex Jones took on air. So I don't know if it's the same stuff Joe Rogan got, but other than being a little worried that they're passing out sugar pills and calling it ivermectin, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but that, I, thought, I thought that was interesting, the ivermectin thing. They are really, really trying to discredit it. Like he said, American company won the Nobel Prize, and they just don't want people to have it under any circumstances. It, it's horse dewormer. Taken over a billion times. Like... <laughs> If you want to talk about tested versus untested, uh, yeah, I think I'll take the safety profile of something that's been given out a billion times um, and, you know, with what? no one claiming like this. Well, not no one. I mean, all medication has side effects in, in people who are so sick that your blood brain barrier is compromised. Ivermectin right. can cause damage. I mean, pretty much anything can at that point, but. But yeah, if you're if you're talking like, uh, what's safer, a vaccine to prevent COVID or some occasional ivermectin? Yeah, the, believe it or not, the ivermectin's safer. <laughs> right, and here here's where I'm gonna really blow people's minds, and I don't know this. I'm I'm not a doctor, Andrew. I'm not a doctor. But what if the stuff that you give to your pets is the real medication? <laughs> The real effective medication and all the stuff they give you is poison to get you addicted or kill you. Just well, just just a thought. Just just crazy conspiracy. Crazy conspiracy theory from someone who eats horse paste. Thanks. (laughs) Someone who eats horse paste over here. That's me. Don't worry. I've been talking about horse paste and (laughs) fenbendazole, which is a a heart dewormer for uh, dogs. Fenbendazole has had. Success in curing cancer. Look it up. Go to PubMed. Yeah. Look it up. You can see this. They take it in in, co- in combination with zinc and high doses of vitamin C and what is that artemisian and all these other things. Um, yeah. There are simple answers to a lot of this stuff as we talked about last week, but they are not going to make anybody a lot of money. They are not buying advertising time. They yeah. sure aren't. You know who is buying advertising time? All these people who (laughs) supported our show this week. So um, let me go ahead and get into uh, thanking some some people for the show. Uh, As we continue to do uh, podcasts and kind of move forward in this it's kind of amazing we 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 have i don't want to overlook something do you remember way back in january of 2021 remember way way back in january feels like five years ago (laughs) but um do you remember they censored took donald trump off of twitter that was that was 2021 oh yeah it was 2021 and they shut down people and shut down parlor and people were up in arms you remember that? They were mm-hmm. they were upset. Yeah. Eight short months later and nine short months later, and we are pretty comfortable with these same corporations censoring the use of an FDA approved drug or a censoring the mention of an FDA approved drug. Yeah. Now we know that words. ivermectin. You can't say ivermectin. You can't say it on YouTube. You can't say it here. You can't <laughs> say it there. It'll get you. You'll get you'll get canceled. OK. Yeah. We've come very far in about eight or nine months. It is 
noteworthy. Yeah. That now we've kind of, it's just a, a pot, you know, the uh, well, slow I, boil. I, well, I believe, you know, we even said at the time that if they can take the president of the United States off of Twitter or off of, well, Twitter too, but yeah, yep. um, off of all the social media giants, they can do it to anyone and they will. And guess what? They did. Yes. And as we move further and further into this uh, future where everything is censored, podcasting is going to be kind of the best, last bastion of free speech. Podcasting so, is tough to kill. It is tough to kill. Just like, uh, 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 you know, a human being who eats ivermectin and, and, <laughs> and dog dewormer. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Don't. <laughs> Don't don't eat horse dewormer or uh, or uh, dog dewormer or anything like this. But you know it's it's tough. It's tough. So you know podcasts need to be supported by you. You are the listener. You have to support this podcast. Help us to keep going. And a couple of people heard that call this last week, um, and they hit in. They they went in the old obscri- subscription. We got two two new subscriptions. Five oh, bucks awesome. a piece. Yeah, well, you and I both mentioned, like, hey, if everybody, you know, subscribed five bucks, it would change Andrew and I's lives as we become unhirable in the new future. (laughs) Um, As we move further and further into this completely censored society, it'll be important for us to talk to the people that are around us, to support the podcasts that are around us, and to donate to the podcasts that are around us so to make sure that they keep going because they don't depend on ads and all of that sort of thing. If you donate over 25 you get a, a, a free copy of Andrew's book if you live in the U.S. If you donate over 40, you get a free copy of Andrew's book if you live in the U.S. And if you don't, or if you're in, in the international. International, yep. yeah. And Andrew said that you can get a free copy of the book if you ask nicely. Yep. Because gentlemen like Danny from uh, Oregon uh, continue to support the show at every single episode. So he's kind of filling in the gap. Kind of standing up for everybody and making sure that things keep rolling on. Don't doesn't, you know, tax us or our wallets at all to keep the show going. So we want to thank him. We also want to get into thanking a couple of listeners who have donated to the P.O. Box and to the PayPal this week, this this week. And we're starting with Sean. But Sean donated twenty five dollars and then another five dollars. Actually, not from Sean, though. That is from his wife, Syrah. So we want to thank Syrah and Sean for donating to the show, especially for setting up the subscription, chipped in and decided to do that, as well as good old Autumn. Autumn is from Snoqualmie. She is the one who sent us the silver buoy on, who sent the pictures for uh, young Master Kilkenny when he opened the P.O. box. Uh, super excited to see that stuff. So thank you both for the subscriptions. We do appreciate it. There was a gentleman who used to work in Brazil on forest fires, and he has some sort of a... Uh, a nonprofit organization called Friends of Alencia, and I think that's what his PayPal is related to. He sent us a donation for $30 as well. Uh, so I don't know if he's hoping for a copy of the book, but uh, we'll have to reach out to him and find out. And then uh, next up, you want to finish this list out for me there, Andrew? Sure. We've got Matthew from Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. Recognize that name. And uh, Danny, we of course recognize Danny from Medford, Oregon. Thank you very much, Danny. Hugh from Kerwood, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, Hugh. Two Canadians. I recognize that name. I recognize that name too. I think Hugh's donated before as well. Yes, that's correct. Nick. Well, we only have you know these are 
like seven of the 20 listeners. So thank you. You're very loyal. Uh, Nick from Grand Haven, who's also, he is the OG of the P.O. Box. That's right. Yes. Greetings, brother. The P.O. Box OG. Nick from Michigan is back, sending a homemade card this time. I hope you like it. On the front of the card, it says anarchochristian.com, but it has a a photo of uh, all of the uh, Israelites worshiping the golden calf, although the golden calf is a uh, picture of the United States. So uh, I found that cards like this, uh, such as this, are a great way to make family and friends uncomfortable the next time they are around you. It's a great life hack. Uh, he talks about the discussion on Apple's privacy policies. Whitney Webb uh, talks about putting the smartphone in the trash. I think that we need to decouple ourselves from the current Internet of Things. I agree 100%. Uh, create alternatives is paramount. He also talks about listening to Chris White and um, good old Michael Heiser. Uh, praying for you all. Eyes up. Stay sharp. Nick. Thank you, Nick, for that donation. And uh, we do we do greatly appreciate you. The That's OG P.O. Box. I feel like I should steal that uh, salutation. There. What's Eyes that? up, stay sharp. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Salah, I apologize if I said your name wrong, from Parts Unknown. Thank you very much. Very generous donation. Absolutely. Very generous donation. And it looks like uh, one of, maybe one of our first Arabic names on the donation list this time around. So... Very exciting, uh, although could be we do have a listener who is an Isra- Israeli living in uh, in uh, Germany, so you know you never know. There's uh, it takes all kinds. Yeah, the, the international listeners always always amaze me. I mean that the internet is many bad things, but the fact that you can <laughs> hear perspectives from all over the world is is truly an amazing thing. Absolutely. And it, while while we still have it, I think that uh, that is one of the, the goals is to kind of shut some of that stuff down, yeah. you know, make sure that uh, people don't have an ability to dissent in an organized or uh, effective fashion. So yeah. we were you forwarded me an email from a listener in Australia earlier today. And I was thinking, like, you know, I was kind of wanted to go to Australia. And I don't know at this point if that's would ever happen or it, it could soon get to the point where it's just not a possibility not legal so it's yeah, yeah. kind of sad in that way but also a and what a blessing it is to hear from people and be able to communicate with people all from all over god's green earth amen amen to that all over the god's green and blue sphere <laughs> All right, moving on. Thank you guys for donating. Thank you for producing this show. You guys are awesome. You're all going to be listed as producers of episode 243. Join us again next week. Make a donation if you can. Do a subscription if you can. Episode 244 will be next week. You can you can get in on the ground floor of this awesome opportunity to be a producer of 243. What I think many people will agree is going to be our best podcast ever. So get on the ground floor. It's time to go now. <laughs> 243. No, I'm just kidding. But we did get a lot of uh, feedback that the last episode was uh, was good. And someone even said it was the best one ever. Yeah. I think that was a yeah. show that was data driven by you and even contained a wild, excited rant by me in the middle. So I think that's you got you got both of our uh, our good sides there. You know, I was that's a, it only away. took 10 years for us to figure out the formula. Now we just have to 
you know, yeah. have have me actually do some prep and planning and you not do any prep or planning and just <laughs> go on a wild rant. That's our that's the formula. When I hey. don't plan or when you do plan is when we get in, into trouble. <laughs> I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. As proven by Charlie Kilkenny, who was on the air for over 50 years, yeah. all from his notes. <laughs> <laughs> all from his notes. <laughs> thank you guys for yeah. do, for producing this show. Also, thank you to the gentleman who sent the uh, the music in for last episode. This week we got Simon from Switzerland who's doing the music from this episode. He remixed the one that he made a while back that we've been using more frequently. So that was at the beginning of this one. He still continues to work on stuff as well as kind of keep me updated on what's going on in Switzerland. Absolutely amazing to be able to say, hey, what's going on in Switzerland? Hey, what's going on in Sweden? Hey, what's going on in Australia? And have people respond. So I'm happy to get on here and tell you what's going on in the uh, communist utopia of uh, Seattle um, and let you guys all know this, you know, what's what's happening. And uh, it's always great to hear what's going on in your corner of the world as well. You know, I will say, Tim, that we do have some other we do have some listeners that could cover that area if you were to to leave. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. There's actually, uh, well, I can think of at least two, three. Well, don't forget Kyle. Kyle, also a big donor of the show. He's yeah. just down south a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a few. There's definitely a few. So if, if I went somewhere else to an area that uh, is not currently covered. Yeah. I don't, we never hear from Oklahoma. <laughs> never hear from Oklahoma. I'm just saying. <laughs> This is a good point. This is a good point. Podcasting to you from the red dirt capital of the world <laughs> where I am able to see for six miles in each each direction, but only six miles because of the curvature of the earth. <laughs> there you go. We, we, that's a good start. <laughs> Some material there. <laughs> and may, maybe the reason we never hear from Oklahoma is that it's so good there that people think we're crazy because they can't imagine all this 1984 stuff actually happening. Didn't we get an email, like a literal email like that, like way back when this first started? Like, hey, you wanted feedback on Oklahoma. I'm a truck driver. Drove through it. It's the least COVID state so far. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) You remember that? Yeah, I think I vaguely, but yes. Yeah. You're basing major life decisions off this vague email remembrance. Maybe maybe that is what pointed me in that direction. You know? <laughs> so. All right. Well, do we have anything else to get to? Well, I just want to real quick and, um, you know, possible future podcast guest. Have you ever heard of the Truthzilla podcast? I have not. Yeah. So one of the co-hosts. Scott Armstrong was on uh, Last American Vagabond recently as well, the the other episode I listened to. And he is kind of an arneco of the woods down in Eugene. Okay. And he worked for the state of Oregon. Okay. And when the vaccine mandate came out, uh, anyway, I, I don't want to ruin his whole story in case he is on the show and he can tell it himself, but... Uh, long story short, he took a stand against the vaccine mandate, and they fired him 
they found a bogus other excuse to fire him, so they didn't have to... I don't know. It's kind of sneaky how they did it, um, but you know, the, the squeaky wheel will get dealt with. I'll, I'll put it that way. And this is not just hypothetical, like, oh, yeah, ha-ha, we might lose our jobs one day and just be podcasters. Well, it it actually did happen to him um, very recently here. So Truthzilla Podcast, check them out. If it's your cup of tea, they're part of a larger podcast cooperative that maybe maybe we could look at joining as well. So um, fellow James Corbett fan. Uh, which, you know, I mean, you can't be a big James Corbett fan and put out a bad podcast. That's impossible, right? Just the, uh, just, uh, ex, you know, absorbing the wisdom of James Corbett makes you put out a good podcast yourself. It's impossible yeah, for that I, not to happen. I, I, tend to, I tend to agree with that. Also, the other adult in this household uh, doesn't actually even listen to this podcast <laughs> but listens to james corbett <laughs> yes yeah oh yeah no when <laughs> when when uh co-workers friends family ask me like uh you know like well what should i listen to you know if you think like everything from the mainstream media is wrong i i do not tell them listen to my podcast i tell them <laughs> go to James Corbett's CorbettReport.com. Listen to his podcast. That's what. That's usually the the answer. It's really weird because I tend to leave the house with a hat on backwards, with the propeller on the top, on a skate <laughs> on a skateboard, and I have a little name tag that says "Ask me about my podcast." <laughs> so. Is that guy? Is that guy? Is that guy okay? I think he's. <laughs> I think he's kind of retarded, actually. <laughs> But he's got a podcast because everyone's got a podcast. But. Everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's got a podcast. No, no, no. Uh, James does does great work. I've actually been uh, in, really enjoying the propaganda report as well. That was a recommendation by Chris White a few mm-hmm. months ago. He yep. went on to endorse not only Corbett Report, No Agenda, and us, but actually uh, talked about propaganda report, which I hadn't heard of it to that point, mm-hmm. and have really been enjoying their stuff. So that's another good one. Um, and they might be the canary in a coal mine uh, in the coal mine in a lot of ways too, because they seem to be on Patreon and a bunch of these stuff that uh, you know, old old school Chris White's already been deplatformed from many times, many yeah. <laughs> many moons ago, and even James Corbett more recently has been deplatformed from. So uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see when their stuff can kind of dries up, or even some of our stuff. But I think they're much much bigger, so they will uh, they will go first. Also, you know, you can't stop the podcast, can't stop open source software. The uh, the Graphene OS project continues to move forward. I will find a uh, a home for this phone as the as my new one is on its way because I this was kind of a tester to make sure. Hey, this thing can work, right? I can live my life and use this thing, and the answer is absolutely yes. So uh, I'm gonna move move on and get this uh, more kind of a little bit more updated version, which is a literally a year newer with a somewhat nicer hardware um probably didn't even need to do that but i just wanted to kind of play with this one and i'll find a home for this one to somebody who who wants it and then uh move on with uh, using that one uh but we need to do the the open source software and get into more and more of that as 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 time moves on stop giving all these big tech companies all of our data and stop letting them just 
you know, destroy our health with microwaves? Yeah, microwaves, 5G, poisons. Let, worry less about the viruses and more about the toxins, poisons, and electromagnetic uh, pollution out there. Absolutely. So, hey, before we get, do you have anything else you want to cover? I got one little clip we can play us out, and then we can uh, take it out, take it from there. I, I think that was the last thing. Um, I don't, I don't know yeah, what that means. Is, I don't know what that means to play us out. What, what does that, what does that even mean to, to play us out? <laughs> I, don't I can't know. read it. <laughs> I can't read. It. I'll do it live. <laughs> That's going way back in our show. That was yeah. that was back in the day. We yeah. used to play that stuff. We had, those were the evergreens. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. What what do you what do you got? Okay. This was uh let's see. This this so let me let me let me kind of put this in perspective or or give it kind of paint the picture. This is a kind of half days lefty journalist out on the street at a vaccine uh, mandate protest interviewing a, another guy who happens to be there who is part of the press. He actually has a press necklace hanging around him. Um, but the one interviewing event is 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 the one who becomes grilled. Uh, I will note that the person that they are interviewing is actually not against the vaccine because he himself has actually had two doses of the vaccine, but he is against vaccine mandates, something that this person who was interviewing him could not seem to understand. Yeah. And there's just this, this is epitomized. This kind of epitomizes the, everybody is um, in a, a bit of a daze. And this, this person interviewing uh, this, this other guy is is definitely one of those people in a daze. He seems to be in a complete daze and cannot answer simple questions. This is just a quick two, three minute excerpt of a about a 10 minute interview, which builds to this point. Bro, do I have to sue CNN? Wrong one. <laughs> Wrong one. That sounds like Joe Rogan. That was Joe. Can I ask you a question? Sure. All right. So how many people up to the age of 35 do you think died of COVID in this country? Well, there's a mortality rate and then there's a morbidity rate. I'm asking you, how many people under the age of 35 do you think died of COVID in the country? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Give me a ballpark. Do you know the answer? Let's let's hear what your number what, is, Andrew. Are we saying Canada or the U.S.? Uh, the U.S. A hundred. Yes. Something. I, I literally know. No, come on, but you have no idea. Yeah, I want to show you the order of, order of magnitude of this issue. So I'm asking you, under the age of 35, how many people in this country do you think died of COVID? Less than an old baby, an old baby. Do you? And about the morbidity. Did you hear my question? How many do I think? I don't know. You have no idea. Give me a guess. So this is a horrible pandemic, right? That's killing a lot of people in our country. How many people under the age of 35 do you think died? Because of course, right. I don't know. Why can't I get an answer? Over, over 100,000. Okay, yeah. Now, the answer is a tenth of that. It's a tenth. According to the CDC now. I'm not a scientist, but, you know, so the lefty guy is not the one who's being grilled, or he is the one being grilled, not the one who's interviewing. And uh, he's, he, he, the lefty, he, he can't respond. He doesn't know how to respond. He doesn't know the facts as this other guy does. And he quickly yells to his producer, who's just off camera, can somebody fact check this? Which is just kind of hilarious in itself. That is hilarious. 
this is from the CDC. According to the CDC. Yeah. And look, look now you up. can look Just at me up. and look, look it up. up. Look it up. Wait. And then How you can show it on the screen and then we can embarrass him. Look, look it up, please. COVID, COVID deaths, COVID deaths by age, genius. COVID deaths by age. I'm not arguing anything. I just asked him. I'm arguing with you or him. You said look it up. You're the producer. Look it up. You do COVID deaths by age. Can I ask you one question now? This will be my last thing. Why do you think your orders of magnitude wrong on people who you think died under 35 of COVID? You said 100,000. It was 10,000. Why do you think you were so wrong about that number? Because I don't have the information about it. <laughs> or, or maybe do you think... You not only don't have the information, wait, can I, I, told you I, I understand, know. yeah, I know you don't know because you don't do the research, but look, here's the thing, okay, so here's the thing, so, yeah, yeah, and you don't listen to them apparently, but here's the thing, the reason that you're so wrong is because the media is so misled, and you're continuing to perpetuate the, the misunderstanding of the threat of COVID, your producer's been looking up this up for half an hour, she knows she's wrong, she knows you guys are wrong, please look this up, these are CDC numbers, and then thank you, yeah, and, and look it up, yeah, and you're, yeah, you're wrong, no, look that's, it up. That's, you that's guys don't know your CDC numbers. You pull it up yet? Okay, yeah, and he was uh, 10 times an order of magnitude wrong. Thank you so much for your time, Walter. Anyway, that was the kind of the culmination, but they corner this guy and they say, hey, why are you against vaccines? And he tells them, hey, I'm not. I got two vaccines. Well, why are you against the passport? And he tries to start asking questions, and this guy just keeps repeating the same talking points. And eventually, why are you against the vaccine? He's like, dude, I just told you I'm not against the vaccine. And then he kind of goes into like, hey, by the way, how many, of you, and he, you know, the, the people interviewing, the, the, the people who are so-called part of the media uh, who are out there looking at these things, they don't know what they're doing. They haven't looked at the data. They're just doing what they're told. They're just doing what they're told. And some, well, you know, guy who was covering this event is actually out there. He's like, he's like, well, what are you even doing here? I see you at every single vax mandate protest. Why are you here if you're for the vaccine? He's like, because I'm a journalist and that's what journalists should do. Well, you know, Bernays said the most important group is you've got to propagandize the influencers. You know, you've got to you've got to make sure that the people who are talking to other people, whether that's through media or through the education system or through the healthcare system or through churches, you have to make sure you get to them. And that's why, you know, I mean Honestly, who who would you expect less truthful information to come out of? A teacher, a healthcare worker, a, a journalist? I mean, journalists have got to be at the top of that list, but they're all really untrustworthy because they are the targets of the of the propaganda itself. You know that in a, in many cases they're not actively lying; they're deceived themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a, a good case. Either that or, or in their state of mass hypnosis. Yeah. But if they're not actively trying to deceive other people, hopefully there's some shred of conscience and common sense in there somewhere where they can say, you know what, this does this really doesn't make sense. Why doesn't it make sense? And what's the real information? And that's how you get someone like Steve Kirsch, Mr. Global Warming's going to kill us all and uh, all into Democrat politics, now spending his money and time saying, like, how do we actually address COVID and convince people that the vaccines are killing a lot more people than COVID is? 
Right. And that's also how you get people, don't forget, like Ivory Hecker, mm-hmm. who uh, yeah. put out that piece. Did you see the update on the, the uh, GoFundMe? For yeah, the, the, I, I should have predicted that. I saw that one coming. Yeah, the GoFundMe for that poor guy who lost his son uh, to the vaccine has been taken down for a violation of for terms of service. Yeah, GoFundMe should be avoided. Give, send, go. Is you got a much better chance there. So, Give, send, go is a Christian organization and is not actively hostile to any, um, you know, outside the mainstream. Oh, cause. I have one clip that we will actually end us with. I forgot this was in here, but this is 100% worth ending the show on. This gentleman was actually live on ESPN when he said this, believe it or not. Was it ESPN or shoot? I got to figure out. I, I believe it was ESPN. I'll, I'll, think, I'll find this out, but I, I found this yeah. rant and thought it was amazing. The question is, is, is Caesar God or is God God? And ultimately the American public is gonna have to, to, to answer that question because right now we're being pushed in a direction where the culture, right, people, and CNN and social media and our institutions and our professional leagues, right? The, 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 the NFL came out of the closet a couple of weeks ago. All, all of the institutions of the culture are using their, their power, their might to tenderize our children, right? To soak them in the marinade, to, to, to loosen those fibers, the things that parents try to put into them. They're trying to break all that down to get kids to accept things that they would have never accepted 50 years ago. And then on top of that, the institutions of government through our laws and our policies want to pulverize any any parents that push back, call them bigots, dox them, try to, you know, get them called racists and lose their jobs. And it's up to us as as parents, as other concerned allies to pressurize both parties, because if not, we're going to lose a generation of our kids. Zero percent chance that was ESPN. What's that? They would, ESPN would never allow something like that on the air. Jason was Whitlock. It? Right. Whitlock's not on ESPN. Ah, this was on The Blaze. You're right. So I actually missed the... So that was the first rant, and here was the second one where he was on Jason Whitlock. And th- this is... And who is talking? Uh, my apologies. Delino Squires. Okay. The fact that the left promotes a death culture, and I said it, and I meant it. They hate our children. That's why they want to kill them in the womb. Once they get here, they want to confuse them and indoctrinate them in schools. Once they, before they hit puberty, they want to get them hooked on uh, hormones and puberty blocking drugs. Once, once they pass puberty, they, they encourage them to cut off healthy breast tissue in their, in their genitals, right? Even while America condemns genital mutilation in other countries, we, we subsidize it here in the name of you know, gender affirming care. They want kids to come up and they want to dismantle the nuclear family, even though they know that the nuclear family po- provides the best um, uh, life experiences and, and, and environment for children. They want to dismantle that. They promote sex work and prostitution, pornography on OnlyFans. They promote drag queen story hour at, at publicly funded libraries and even drag kids on TV. Um, Jason, I actually cut that part out of the out of the article. There's a, a young kid named Desmond is Amazing. Anybody wants to look it up, Google Desmond is Amazing and Good Morning America. They had him on GMA three years ago. 
and they introduced him as a trailblazer who was inspiring. And you know who the person that, that did the lead in? Michael Strahan, the 200 and some odd pound Hall of Fame defensive end who that day was playing the role of cultural gelding. Because if, 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 if he still had his parts, he would have said, there's no way I'm bringing out an 11 year old and, and trying to promote him to our youth and, and, and not ask his parents why it's okay for him to perform in, in gay clubs in front of grown men who toss ones and fives at his feet. That's, that's the left's agenda. So to me, you know, I'm willing to go on this cultural kamikaze mission with you because if we're doing it for the culture, the culture that we have right now is worth taking down. That's great. I mean, that was kind of amazing. I guess he is a co-contributor of the Blaze, um, which with Jason Whitlock, or he's on the Blaze with Jason Whitlock. His name is Delano Squires on his. Uh, on his Twitter page, it says, Sinner Saved by Grace, Husband, Homeschool Dad, CEO of Civitas Group, Scholar, uh, Contributor to Fearless with Jason Whitlock in The Blaze. Um, but I, I I enjoyed that rant. I thought it was on, absolutely on point. Absolutely and, uh, on point. Did you, I, you know, it must be widespread that I saw a promotion for it. Uh I'll get the platform wrong. I think Netflix mm-hmm. version is Cinderella with a instead of a fairy godmother, a black male fairy as the fairy godmother. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> it, here, here's a here's the words of wisdom for the day. Don't trust anyone who wants to put you in a dress. If you're a man out there, if they want to put you in a dress or they want to show you, show you in a dress it and it's right along with the same, um, you know, it's not so much the dress thing, although there's some of that with white men, but it's like the, the dumb beer gut, just stupid dad. Like that's what a dad is. They're so stupid. Everyone in the family is smarter than them. That's the, you know, they all they can do is drink beer and watch football. That's it. So that's that's the propaganda. And then this really emasculating propaganda for, um, oh, you want to make it in Hollywood? Yeah, wear the dress. So. Yeah, which are you stumbling onto this on your own, or you've seen the Dave Chappelle? Oh no, we've we've talked about it on our podcast. We've talked years about ago. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might if I. Depending on how much editing time I do get, I might try and throw a clip in here at the end of Dave Chappelle talking about that. Um, I think uh, without further ado, I do want to say rest in peace to uh, Michael K. Williams, otherwise known as Omar on uh, The Wire, probably the greatest television show of all time. Uh, You know, black man in his mid-50s, dead. 54. Who, Who knows why? No one, no one knows why. No one even talks about it. They just talk about how great he was on Omar, or uh, as Omar on The Wire. Uh, I have my suspicions. If you listen to this podcast, you can probably <laughs> guess what they are. But uh, I believe he was a Christian man. I saw him interviewed in Relevant Magazine recently. Hmm. Uh, so, in Relevant Magazine, I guess just uh, recently, uh, within the last couple hours, compared uh, the vaccine and the unvaccinated to the biblical flood of Noah. 
So I'm not sure I'm too on board oh, with Re- Re- yeah. Relevant anymore. I used to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a long time ago. And at some point, yes, Relevant and Christianity Today both got taken over, uh, like, completely. It's like all globalist propaganda 24-7, at least from Christianity Today. And I've seen similar stuff from Relevant Magazine where it's like, what are you guys doing? So, yeah. I mean, I I wish I had, like, like, hey, there's this great Christian alternative to the mainstream media, Relevant Magazine. Check it out. No. <laughs> I cannot recommend. Cannot recommend. One out of ten. Would not recommend. Yeah. What would you recommend? James Corbett. No Agenda. Chris White. Propaganda Report. Canary Cry Radio. Those are who I would <laughs> recommend. Throw some Truthzilla and Last American Vagabond in there. You yes, know, I mean, and the Bible. Don't forget about the Bible. But and, and the the Bible in podcast form too. I'm I'm digging that. Good, so. good for you. Good for you. Please, I'm, I, I pray that this has been a positive, uplifting podcast for many of you. And if it's not, maybe don't listen next week. This is the worst promotion ever. But if this podcast stresses you out, don't listen next week. Hug your kids. Be in touch with what's going on in your actual world day to day. If some of this is too much for you, then just take a break. Take a physical break. Take a media break from everything. You know, get out and do some hiking or just turn it all off for a couple of days. So, uh, but I will be praying for the listeners. I'll be praying for our buddy down there in Australia. I'll be praying for our buddy up there in Canada who sent the the message via Twitter and, uh, just praying for wisdom for all of us as we move forward. The great news about all this is we were all going to die anyway. And uh, God has a plan for each and every one of us. So let's uh, let's live it out. Let's uh, continue to stand for truth because but what's the, what's the other option, right? You just fall and you say, oh, I'll just go kind of go along with it. And, and then it doesn't seem like a very happy existence. Yeah. Shame. Should show me the, the point where someone said, Oh, I, I'm so glad I just went along with it <laughs> instead of doing what I know was right. Especially yeah. in the, especially in the Bible, even uh, was it yeah. Abraham? Even Abraham's like, oh, that's not my wife. Nah, that's I, yeah, that is actually my wife. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be uh, you know when there's one prophet saying the truth, right, and a hundred prophets, so-called prophets, saying no, mm-hmm. everything's fine. Yeah, go yeah. to war, man. You'll take yeah. them down. You're the best. You yeah, know, with the one prophet that's like. <laughs> The dogs will spread your flesh in a thousand pieces, you know. <laughs> hey, we should kill that guy. <laughs> that guy's spreading a lot of weird, weird stuff. We should kill yeah. him. So, to, you know, the expression, justice be done, may the heavens fall. Tell the truth, you know, no matter what the consequences are. Amen so. to that, brother. Amen to that. Tell the truth. No matter what the consequences, it's uh, absolutely what we should be doing in, uh, yeah, you know, in, uh, in, you know, the book of Daniel or, or any of those, you know, they're telling them, hey, do this, do that. They don't go along with it. They, they don't go along with it. Peter, Peter and John get arrested for preaching the, the gospel like early in the book of Acts, put in jail. Angel comes, lets them out. What do they do? Straight back to preaching the gospel the next yeah. day. Don't care doing what we got to do that's the that's the uh, the spiritual this let's remember we don't touch on it often enough 
but we're trying to dissect all the physical things that are happening in this world, whether it's EMF radio waves or 5G or mass propaganda or mass hypnosis or the leftist death cult, as uh, mm-hmm. Delano Squires just told us about. But in reality, we see through a mirror darkly, and this is a spiritual battle for these hearts and souls of, of the world. Yeah. And evil is on the march. And we just got to stand knowing that, hey, our bodies may not may not make it through this, uh, but uh, our souls will. And we're on the side of the victor. And justice is not or yeah, vengeance is not ours. Yeah. And that gives me comfort sometimes to know, because I would like to be in charge of a little little vengeance. You might kill it, but you're not going to chip it. (laughs) Is that you? Your body? Yeah. 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 I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, man. All right. I hope that everybody out there enjoyed this show. Please, I'll be praying for you. Please pray for us. Let's just keep moving through this, ladies and gentlemen. Try and laugh. Try and get out. Try and see your family. Try and have a hug. Try and just do the normal things that you're supposed to do. The best rebellion, as Andrew said early on in this pandemic, quote unquote, is just to live a normal life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shake some hands. Give some hugs. All right. All right, we'll see you guys next week. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. thing to do is to be true to yourself especially when everybody's watching yes yes show business has to do with compromise and wearing the mask you know when they say black folks we wear that mask you yeah. walk in that boardroom it's not like you don't walk in the boardroom like what's popping baby you know you, you gotta be you gotta put that mask on and you know it's like we're bilingual we speak job interview and we speak when we speak around each other you know what i'm saying did you feel like a sellout I felt like they got me in touch with my inner coon. They, they stirred him up. Really? When we was doing that sketch and that guy laughed, I felt like, man, I, I felt like they got me. They got me. I mean, I'm a conspiracy theorist to a degree. Like, when I, I connect dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, I don't know. But certain dots, like when I see that they put every black man in the movies in a dress, at some point in their career, I'll be connecting them down. Like, why are all these brothers got to wear a dress? This happened to me. I'm doing a movie with Martin. Yeah. The movie's going good. So I walk in a trailer. I'm like, man, this must be the wrong trailer because there's a dress in here. <laughs> they come in. It's the writer comes in. I think he's the writer. He's like, Dave, listen, we got this hilarious scene where Martin's sneaking out of jail. So he disguises you. As a prostitute. <laughs> and he put this dress on. And, it, huh? What? Well, a prostitute? 
No, I'm not doing that. I don't feel comfortable with that. That should have been in the discussion. What? You don't feel comfortable with it. I mean, it's a hilarious bit. All the greats have done it. So, well, if all the greats have done it, it's kind of hacky, right? You're right. So why don't we just not do it? Because I don't feel comfortable wearing a dress. Oh, come on, Dave. Listen, we, we got it all set up. We're supposed to shoot. Every, every minute you waste costs this much money. You know, the pressure comes in. Huh. He said, I'm, now I'm not wearing no dress, man. I'm funnier than a dress. Just give me something funny to say. I don't even wear no dress to be funny. What am I, Milton Berle? You know, we're going like this. And then finally he's like, ah, and he, he leaves. And then like the director comes, Dave, it really would be great if you wear the dress. What is wrong? What is this, uh, Brokeback Mountain in here? So, <laughs> so then, <laughs> I wear, the, I wear the dress. I don't want to wear the dress. I don't want to wear this dress. You know what I mean? This is, oh, gosh, this guy's so difficult. They leave. Now the producers comes, come on, David, would be so great. I mean, and then I started thinking about it. all the comics that I've seen. Man, you know, strong brothers, why, why are they putting us in these dresses? But the minute it was clear, I was adamant, I'm not wearing a dress. I'm not wearing the dress. All right, fine. Think of something else. That comes back ten minutes later. The whole new scene, how, damn, how did you write the scene so fast? You know, it's like, so you got to take a stink. 